Hello again, everybody. This is Dr. Ted. Um, as you can see, I'm in my car and I will explain. <laughs> I'm in an undisclosed uh, small town, rural America. And you can see it's overcast. It looks the same probably anywhere I might be in rural America. I live. I work in a town uh, a little bit farther from here. It's got about 3,000 people and there's, oh gosh, 20 little towns that feed into it. It's a town of about 3,000. Anyway, so I thought rather than wait till I get home and do my fancy backdrop and everything, I just do one right now because I think I want to tell you uh, some things that I think, I, in fact, I know will help you. Things I see every day in the ER, I used to see in my clinic, that can save you time and money, okay? Um, the first one I did, as you all know, was on depression, and I hope you give that to anybody that needs it. It is accurate information. And I'm going to do more on depression. You can't cover that in one one sitting. So I'll do maybe something on that in a week or two and, and expound on that. And hopefully that's helping a few people. We're having, I can't believe the views already. It's its a topic for January, right? What a better month to release something on anxiety or depression than January, right? This is the month when we all feel it a little bit, right? The seasonal affective mood disorder, we all feel. January is just not most people's favorite month. So anyway, here's one I know you will see because I see it every time I work, about every time I work. One, and I think I put in, in the description, nosebleeds, okay? Who hasn't had a nosebleed? Or you know somebody that's had a nosebleed. If you haven't seen one or had one in the last year, you will probably this coming year or you'll know somebody. They're very common. They're very scary if you can't get them to stop. And what if you're on a blood thinner? What if you're older? Some of the people when they get in their 60s and 70s and even higher, they have heart conditions or something and they need to be on a blood thinner and you get a nosebleed and it won't stop. And I mean, they'll fill paper towels. They'll fill towels. People will come in with a towel just soaked with blood and it's scary. And so what do you do? You got to go to the hospital and get it stopped. What if we could tell you a way you could stop all nosebleeds? I mean, by the time they've seen me, we get them stopped in 10 to 15 minutes every single time. And I can teach you the secret to how to get rid of those. First thing you do is most nosebleeds occur right in here, this far into your nose. This is where all the blood vessels are, not way up here. So I don't know why people always say squeeze here. You don't squeeze here. That, that, that's not where it's, and plus you have bones there. That's not squeezing or compressing anything. Most nosebleeds occur right here that far into your nose. So you, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you squeeze your nose right there. And you, you should sound like this. You should squeeze your nose so that the blood vessels where that occurred, and you, you know what causes the most nosebleeds? Local trauma, your fingernails, you have a scratch or you use a tissue. And if something breaks that little skin that's really, really thin and it's not, it's not thick skin like on your hands or the soles of your feet. And that thin skin can crack and bleed when it's winter and it's dry. Or like I said, you put something in your nose to clean it and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I got a nosebleed. Some people get them more than others because maybe they're on aspirin every day or they're on a blood thinner. Or maybe you just really blew your nose and sometimes it'll happen. You can get a cold and get a nosebleed. Nine, 99 out of 100 nosebleeds are in that first part. And so first thing you do is you squeeze and you watch the clock for 15 minutes like this. And if one hand gets tired, put another hand on it and you do it for 15 minutes. Watch the clock because in two or three minutes, you'll think, oh, that's gotta be 15 minutes. It's not. When you're doing something boring, it seems longer. Watch it by the clock, let go. Almost all of them will stop just from that pressure. One thing you do not want to do is put your head back. Everybody always goes, squeeze up here and put your head back. That's like the two worst things you could do. What's going to happen if your head's like this and your nose is bleeding? It's going to go right down your throat, into your stomach. Guess what stomachs don't like? Blood. Raw blood. They don't like it. 
And so what happens? You, If you have a serious nosebleed and you get enough blood in there, you'll get nauseated. And what happens when you get nauseated? You'll throw up. And even if the nosebleed stopped, when you throw up, your blood pressure skyrockets and your nosebleed starts again, right? So it's like, that's like the dumbest thing you can do. Do not put your head back. Put your head forward. And now it's gonna drip on everything. So it's gonna help if you're squeezing. It won't bleed if you're squeezing it. And in 15 minutes, it'll stop. Let's say it doesn't stop. Then you go get something that helps the little platelets to break and start their little clotting mechanism. You do not wanna use tissue or paper towels. You know why? They would work, but they disintegrate when they're wet, right? We've all known that's what tissue paper is designed to do. You don't want it to stay intact when it goes into your sewer system. So you want to take a cotton ball. Everybody has a cotton ball. If, if not in your bag, you have them um, in, a, in a medicine that you've bought or something like that. And if you don't, okay, go get some cotton balls. Ask your neighbor. They probably have a cotton ball. And they'll say, really, you need a cotton ball? And if they see your bloody nose, they'll know why. <laughs> anyway, you take that cotton ball. When it gets wet, it still stays firm and hard. You take, not the whole cotton ball, just take a piece and roll it up. Put it up the side with this bleeding and squeeze again. 15 more minutes. The ones that didn't stop with just pressure, most of those will stop with that rough edge. If you have to use tissue, you can use it, but how are you gonna get it out if it disintegrates? And if you try and blow it out, well, then you're gonna start your nosebleed again. So cotton balls are magic. We use gauze pads sometimes, but honestly, we usually just use a cotton ball. Let's say you're on a blood thinner. You're 80 years old and it doesn't stop with pressure. You put a cotton ball, you did everything right and it's still not working, okay. This is when most people go to the ER and this is what happens. You go to the ER and they say, oh, come on back here. And they put you in and they bring out the magic. <laughs> I'm not kidding you guys. This is so cool. It's you're going to you're going to do all the work and they're going to charge you a thousand dollars. You go in, they bring you back. There's always jokes. Oh, how'd you get a nose? You know, and the wife always makes fun of the husband. The husband makes fun of the wife <laughs> or the little kid. Are you picking your nose? And, and they always deny it. But we know what kids do. Right. So. We get a cotton ball, same thing, take a little piece, roll it up, and we take out the magic ingredient. That You know that spray that you put up your nose called afrin or neosinephrine? What those do, they're vasoconstrictors. In other words, blood vessel shrinkers. They make your blood vessels shrink and constrict. If you put that up your nose and you've got a cold and it's leaking, it makes you clog up. So you put afrin up there, oh, you can breathe again. If you put that on a cotton ball, put two or three drops, doesn't take much, a little piece, two or three drops, it'll almost be dripping. On a little baby, maybe use one drop because you don't want that baby drinking a lot of it. That stuff's toxic if you get a lot of it in you. Um, but two or three drops in an adult, two or three drops in a teenager, even a little kid, a one-year-old, two-year-old, maybe one drop. They're not gonna get in trouble with that much. Put that up their nose and then squeeze again. They all stop. I am not kidding you. Sometimes for whatever reason, maybe they broke their nose. Maybe they've got a growth in there. They've got a polyp. Some reason, the rare, rare case, the one in a hundred, they still won't stop even after all that. Then we put a nasal pack in there. It's like a cotton ball that's kind of constricted. And when you get it wet, it expands. We put that in there dry and then I squirt some Afrin on it and it inflates and they go home and they come back tomorrow and I pull it out and they all stop. Now, here's the one thing you need to worry about. What if you're getting, you know, one nosebleed today, tomorrow, and they stop, no big deal. But what if you're getting nosebleeds every day? 
like for two weeks. You get it stopped and then tomorrow it starts again. And then it starts again. And then you're like, why am I getting nosebleeds every day? That's a reason to go see your doctor. Not the ER, don't go to the ER because you'll charge, they'll charge you a thousand dollars and they'll say, well, you're not gonna die. I'm not sure why you're getting all these nosebleeds. You'll have to see your ear, nose and throat guy or your family doctor or your internal medicine doctor, your primary care provider, your nurse physician, nurse practitioner, uh, physician assistant and they can figure it out. You'll need a blood test and usually they wanna look up inside there and see, is there a growth, is there a polyp? Um, I've Most of them are nothing scary, but you do need to find out why. There's some blood things. You can Google a reason, 10 reasons why you might get nosebleeds every day for two weeks. You need to find out that. But most people get a nosebleed and it's a day. And the only reason they go to the ER is because they can't get it to stop. So pressure, something rough with cotton, not tissue, and afrin or neosinephrine, take a piece of cotton ball, roll it up, two or three drops, put it up there, squeeze, you're welcome. Because if you go to the ER, they're gonna make you wait. The guy with the heart attack gets in first. The lady with the stroke, she's getting in first. You'll sit there for hours and hours until it's not busy anymore. And then they bring you back and then they make you do all the work. They put some up there and put you all the work. And then they say, oh good, it stopped. And then they look in there and it's this cautery thing. You don't usually need to cauterize anything. That's an ear, nose and throat guy and those are not very common. If you know how to get it to stop with cotton ball and afrin or neosinephrine, you're done. You don't have to do anything more than that. And uh, so you'll sit there for hours and then they charge you a thousand dollars and you're like, I wish we didn't have to take the time and the money. Now you don't have to, now you know what to do. Now you're an expert on nosebleeds, okay? Um, if you have any questions, by the way, just ask me. Ask Dr. Ted at gmail.com. There's some of the ones that are capitalized. So just look, it's on our site there. Just ask me. Nobody asked me any questions after the depression one. So if you ask me now, I guarantee you, I'll answer them. I'll get on there and answer them. Um, here's one more. What do kids like to do when they're bored? when they're two, three, four, sometimes older. I don't know why we've all done it or our kids have done it. They'll take some bead or a Lego or a bean or something. And I don't know why, but they always wanna put it up their nose. A baby won't do it, a, you know, a newborn, they don't have that coordination. But a two, three, four-year-old will, they get curious. They just, for some reason, it goes up their nose and then what they do, they get nervous. And so they try to get it and they push it up further. And then mom tries to get it and it goes way up behind the bone, way up here, right? Now you're not gonna get it. You can hardly see it. You can look up there and you're like, oh my gosh, how are we gonna get that out? And it freaks the poor parents out. And so this is what you do, so simple. I've seen this so many times, I can't even, I've had at least a dozen phone calls over the years. This is what you do, so simple. It'll save you a thousand dollars. And the guy, the boy with the bead, he's not getting in for five hours because he's the last urgent thing there. He can sit there all night, right? Nobody's gonna die with a bead in their nose. And uh, so what do you do? So simple. You plug the other side that does not have a bead. And then we always say to the mom, okay, mom, you're gonna give your little baby a kiss and you put your mouth around baby's mouth or little big child's mouth and leave that side open where the bead is. And then mom just goes, and the quick little breath, that breath goes in the child's mouth up through the back of their nose and shoots that little thing out. It works almost every time and it's gross because when you got a foreign body up your nose you make a lot of mucus and it tries to get rid of it by making more mucus and so what does it do i am not kids it shoots out and it sticks on mom's cheek and it's but we're thrilled everybody's thrilled and grossed out all at the same time but it works and it's awesome and it just saved you an er visit so that's a good one to know right that's a pearl just put your mouth around plug their side it works. You're not gonna hurt the baby's ears or its lungs. You're not gonna, you're not blowing the baby up, right? You're just one quick breath, you're not gonna hurt them. You will love that. If that doesn't work, 
Remember the afrin? Remember the neosinephrin? You do the same thing. You put one or two drops in there. That makes the nose bigger. Then do it again. I've never seen it fail yet. If it fails and you can't get it in with that, okay, you gotta go break down and go to the hospital. You know what they usually do? They take a catheter or some plastic flexible tube and they just push it until it goes down to the back and then the kid goes and spits it out. That's what we do if we can't get it out. I've never had to do that. It always works with the mom and the mouth. Plug the other side. Here's just two quick ones. Let's say you, you know, they always tell us, don't run with scissors. You'll fall and cut yourself, right? Well, ever think about it. We have two blades in our mouth. One, two. Mine are wearing down because I'm old. You run every day with two blades, your teeth. And what happens if you fall? Or have you ever been chewing something and you bite your tongue? I've seen kids bite their tongue with a hole that big in it, an inch. You can put a finger through it. What do you do? Oh my gosh, you run to the ER. Oh my gosh, what, is he ever gonna talk again? You know what we do? Nothing. Unless, you know, like the tongue's cut on one side and it's flipping, it's flapping on the other side, then we have to put a stitch to line it up. But we don't, the tongue is amazing. It will heal so quickly on its own. And you don't want to eat a lot of food until it heals because you don't want food getting in that little space. And the same thing on the inside of your cheek. If you bite the inside of your cheek, even a really big cut on the inside of your cheek, they'll heal in two or three days. It's unbelievable. You don't do a thing. Same with your lip. I've seen many kids fall and, and cut their lip on their tooth. If you look at your lips, you have a red part here and then you have normal skin after, where the lip ends, your normal skin begins. Boy, I need to shave. I just noticed that. I worked the night shift and and uh, haven't gone around to shaving yet. So you've got the red part of your lip. There's not any dead skin there. There's little blood vessels, little capillaries. And that's why your lips are kind of red. When little children and teenagers, they don't even know how lucky they are. They have these beautiful red lips. And and then as you get older, your blood vessels, look at mine. They're not as red as they used to be. I'm 59, I'm getting older. But that's why women put lipstick on to bring that color back that used to be there all by itself when you were a kid or a teenager. Remember when you were bored, when I was at board at church, I used to put a pin through my finger, you know, not the finger, but the skin, the dead skin. And you'd do really careful. If you do it careful, you wouldn't, you wouldn't poke any blood vessels or nerves. And then you'd show your friend and he'd just go, and then he'd grab the pen and he'd try and do it, the pin, but you can't do it on your lip. There's no dead layer of skin. It's just thin, thin skin and then blood vessels. So if you bite your lip, and it does not involve the skin, what's called the vermilion border, where the skin and the regular skin of your face meet. If it doesn't go onto the regular skin, don't do a thing, just leave it. You can put some Afrin on a cotton ball and put it on there and it'll stop bleeding. Afrin on any superficial cut would stop bleeding. Stop the bleeding, put some pressure on it with a cotton ball, Afrin if you need to, and then let it stop bleeding. And seriously, within a couple of days, that'll heal. If it goes on to the skin, then you gotta go in and we usually glue those. We don't usually stitch those anymore. We have glue and it works great. Doesn't hurt, no shots, heals better. Um, what was one more I was gonna tell you? The tongue, the lip, uh, oh, I guess that was it, those, those things. Nosebleed, beads up your nose, Cut lip, don't do anything. Cut tongue, don't do anything. I don't care if it's big, you can put your finger through it. Leave it alone. It'll be sore, but it'll heal. It works every time. Don't spend your time and money going to the ER because they're just going to go, well, there's nothing we do. You know, watch for infection, watch for fever. Here's your instructions, $1,000. And you're the last guy that got in because a, a cut tongue isn't as serious as the guy with a heart attack or the motorcycle wreck that just came in. Okay, so next week, sorry about the car. I'm just on the road. I'm working, uh, work 
night shift uh, last night. I'm working some shifts this coming weekend. And then the weekend after that, then I'm off for like two weeks. I'll be back to my normal home studio. But I thought it's more important to get these things out so you guys save somebody some time and money. Um, I'm gonna do in the future, probably a couple more days, I'm gonna do one on low back pain. What's the one thing? If you tell a doctor, I have back pain, and you, he'll ask you one question, do you have this blank? You'll, you'll freak him out and you're, you, everything gets exciting, right? Low back pain. When do you need to worry about it? When don't you need to worry about it? Um, what's another one? Seizures. What is a seizure? Why is a seizure worrisome? When do you not need to worry about it? What about fever seizures? Seizures is a big one. We see them all the time. Um, what was it known? A concussion, right? Your kid, I guess that's true. Your kid falls out of the shopping cart or hits his head real hard. When do you need to go to the ER? When, if you go to the ER, do you need a CAT scan? When don't you need a CAT scan? These are critical pearls. And you can, I can save you so much time and so much money to tell you what to watch for. Couple of things. You will be the expert. You don't need to go in for everything. In fact, you do go in and then we don't do any. We explain to him. It takes us 20 minutes to explain why you don't need a CAT scan and you don't want a CAT scan. It's a lot of radiation. If you need it, you need it. But if you don't need it, you don't want to expose your little thyroid to all that radiation. And so uh, these are good pearls. So hope you keep turning in. Um, I'll send that probably next Monday or Tuesday, something like that. Okay, thanks for tuning in. I'm so honored that you guys tuned in. I hope I'm helping you. I just know I can save a lot of people a lot of money. A lot of doctors are retiring. It's hard to get doctor appointments. I'm here, especially out here in rural America. It's so nice if they have some of these little videos that you might learn and save yourself having to go in. And if it's something that doesn't seem like anything, but it is, you'll know to go in for that. Okay, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.